2: The Around the NFL Podcast is about to blow your mind.
3: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Kevin Patra, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh, Greg. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Here we are. Why do I have to be the focus?
3: Oh, why do you have to be the focus? Because we are all living on your throne of ease right now as the cherubs circle you. Never has has the nectar, Mark, tasted this sweet after maybe the definitive Patriots victory in the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady era. A 34-28 overtime win uh, the biggest comeback in the history of the Super Bowl. The biggest comeback in the history of the Patriots, period. A game that was 28-3 to midway through the third quarter. Greg, I mean, this would be the good time to
4: retire as a fan because it will never get better than this. Five rings. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm retiring. I mean... It was a little. It was almost too much. Mark last Wahlberg t- retired in the third quarter. By the
3: way, he
5: left the game. <laughs>
4: Reprehensible. Uh, we should all be flying high here. You know, I know you maybe had rooting different rooting interests here, but we all love yeah, football. Yeah. It's one forty in the morning. We're all a little loopy. And if you like football even a little bit, or if you like sports even a little bit, to watch one of the greatest, if not you know, I would say the greatest ever to do it, to make a twenty five point comeback in the Super Bowl and witness that live. I mean we we were all writing our stories. We everyone thought the game was over. It was almost right. like the, the beginning of the comeback snuck up on on us at the stadium because you know we're in we're in work mode. We're almost in post game mode at that point when when it's 28 to 3, when it's 28 to 9. Absolutely.
5: I I mean, we were discussing back with our editors in L.A. story ideas. I was about 700 words into a feature about how the Patriots' defense had utterly (laughs) collapsed against the Falcons. But then they started to make one big play and one big stop, and then a turnover happened. I thought, this story is crumbling before my eyes. By
3: the way, this, Mark, you're the king of pre-writing things and sometimes it leads to you getting a little (laughs) angry in the newsroom during the season. That's fair. Can can this be, can this Super Bowl 51 collapse by the Falcons be the thing that finally gets you off writing stories in the middle of a game?
5: Well, as is often the case, I was assigned this story, so I thought I'm going to (laughs) get this thing in before deadline, but it is a fair point. I am never going to write again before
3: something (laughs) is, you know, the game is done. Tonight was the lesson. Wes, you carry that water up and down the hill for the Patriots, so this has to be sweet for you as well.
6: Well it is because I am I am a huge fan of people who are great at their jobs and Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in the most sophisticated era of football. Mm. Tom Brady look at the numbers. He is the only quarterback in history to have a, a over 500 record in games in which he's thrown the ball 50 or more times and he's 18 and 9 in those games. No one else is even close. He's also got easily the best record in games in which his defense has allowed 21 or more points. I think he's put so much distance between himself and any other quarterback now.
3: What do you think, Patrick?
6: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we have a microphone situation here now where Wes is sharing with Patrick, so Patrick can chime in uh, whenever he, he feels he has a hot take. But really, Patrick, where, are you in the camp that I think a lot of people are now, myself included, uh, even as it pains me to say it, that this stamps Brady. If you kind of were on the fence before, a fifth title – uh, he's gonna have all the individual records if he plays another three to five years, and the nature by which he pulled it off this time.
0: I, he's the
7: best. I, I was already in the camp that he was already the best. I don't think he needed a fifth Super Bowl to prove that. If anybody who needed that, good for you. But good I thought the way you. he did he came out of the gate kind of shaky in the first quarter. Then he had then his wide receiver, receivers had some drops, but then he just like turned flipped a switch in the second half, and it was like it was over. And that's his greatness right there. I think people had previously said he didn't play that great in Super Bowls. And I think mm. he shut every that argument up right there well, in this, the second half.
4: Just think that two, in two of the last three years, he came back from 10 points down, which at the time tied the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. Definitely the biggest uh, you know, two-touchdown fourth-quarter comeback in Super Bowl history against the greatest defense of his era. Then... 2 years later he comes back from 28 to 3 against you know one of the greatest offenses that we see and he got a lot of help along the way the patriots scored on their last 5 possessions uh if you don't count you know the basically the kneel down at the end of regulation and the patriots defense prevented the falcons from scoring on their last 4 possessions so as great as brady was the Patriots' defense in the second half, limiting them to seven points on six possessions against that offense, you know, deserves deserves a huge part of the credit. He doesn't get mentioned, you know. He doesn't get you know puffed up as as this big comeback king. If not for Trey Flowers and Dante Hightower and Matt Patricia and all of them, two quick losers from the evening. Ooh. One would be everyone out
5: there that wants to create the clickbait off season article about who's the best quarterback. That debate is over. Number two, me, because for the second Super Bowl show in a row, I cannot see Greg because there is a massive (laughs) obstruction between me and Greg. I'm just hearing his
3: voice. This is what he looks very self-satisfied. Oh, please. Um,
4: Oh, please. This This is a big
3: moment for you, Greg. I'm being honest. Let's hear what Tom Brady had to say after after the game, uh, talking about really – and I want to get to something about the Falcons in a second but Brady's thoughts on the comeback
0: Coach talks about you never know which play it's going to be in the Super Bowl and there was probably 30 of them tonight that any if any one of those would have been different the outcome could have been different but I'm so proud of our guys our coaches the team I mean, it's unbelievable you know what these guys have accomplished all season I'm just proud to you know be a part of this great group
3: and Brady's right because this to me, there are two. This is, there are two stories here. One is the Patriots. Uh, you know, I hate it, but got to give them credit. One of the all-time comebacks, maybe the greatest comeback ever in the history of the NFL. But this was also, to me, and I hate to say it, the biggest choke job in the history of the NFL because the Falcons had to go way out of their way to find a way to lose this game up twenty-five. Uh, mm. With you know maybe 20 game minutes to play, and I you know that stinks, and w- w- we can get into it later what the scene was down by the locker room. Uh, but what Brady said there is absolutely true, and it reminded me of the uh, Packers Seahawks NFC title game from a couple years ago when the Packers. And I remember writing a post about it. They had to, eight things that they could have done, if they got one of them, they would have won that game against the Seahawks and and gotten to the Super Bowl to face the Patriots. And every single thing, they failed to execute, Mm. Wes. And there you go. The same thing happened here with the Falcons. So many plays in this game, whether it was getting into field goal range after Julio Jones uh, made that acrobatic catch in the fourth quarter, or after recovering the onside kick, or after this, or after that, and every time they failed.
6: Yeah, I, I kind of look at it differently. I really think that they earned – the Patriots earned this one more than they earned the Seattle one. Hmm. I feel like they were a little luckier in Seattle that that play call happened. This one, I, I, I'm i not a good enough play, play manager – to second-guess guys when they're in the heat of the moment when they're calling a pass instead of a run with five minutes left or whatever. I'm not that good at it, so I don't I don't go there. I don't go to that territory. A lot of things did happen. I thought the Falcons played really well for 40 minutes. Right. And I'm not going to think of this. Well, I'm not going to look back and say this was a bad Falcons team or they should be disappointed. Oh,
3: certainly not, and they're not a bad Falcons team, but they will go down in infamy as the team that blew a 25-point lead in the second half. And they did it, uh, all credit to the Patriots, but it does not happen if the Falcons right. disappear, including that historic offense, when they needed them the most. Yeah.
4: But there aren't the... You know, I, I was thinking about doing a post similar to the one you did a few years ago, like the things the Falcons did wrong. And you know what? There's not hugely memorable gaffes. Most of the mistakes that you can come up with, let's say... Matt Ryan kind of runs into that Trey Flowers sack. You know, Kyle Shanahan calls up a pass there. Most of them were the Patriots making those plays because Kyle Shanahan was lauded three plays earlier for going aggressive and throwing the ball in that situation. And something Logan Ryan said to me stood out, and I, I think he was right. He said, we thought we were playing pretty well in the first half. Most of the plays they're making against us were great plays. Like, the Falcons played a great first half, and I think the Patriots... Most of the plays that they made weren't about Atlanta failing. Uh, it was more about the Patriots making some hay. If anything, Atlanta's defense, which I think we all agreed was
5: the weak spot in this matchup and one that could have allowed New England to win, you know, potentially by more more than a than in a close game, they overachieved for so much of this game. And it looked like New England was completely asleep at the wheel on offense in the first half. I I couldn't get a handle on what they were trying to do. I I, I did not believe in the James White experiment out of the gate. (laughs) And the Patriots kind of proved all that wash of negativity that was on Twitter about what they were doing. They proved it wrong.
3: All right. So that is the setup. And I think now a good thing for us all to do is kind of go through the game. And, Mark, you said it on the way back. We were taking a car to get to... Uh, the station here at uh, 790 a.m. Uh, Sports Talk in Houston, uh, that you almost have to rewatch this game to truly uh, comprehend what happened, especially if we were about 500 yards up in an auxiliary <laughs> press box at Energy Stadium. I, I have vertigo from being up there. But uh, uh, but let's go through the game and, and, and see how it got to where it was. Like I said, 34 to 28. And, uh, and, and Greg, we'll start in the first quarter. Everyone predicted a shootout or something close to it. And what happens? The Patriots uh, get the ball first. They don't go anywhere. The Falcons, they don't go anywhere in their first possession, ending a streak of eight straight games without scores. uh, And uh, nothing happened uh, in the first quarter at all. No scoring. That's something no one predicted going into this game.
4: No, I thought the Patriots' defense had really blown an opportunity that they had had stopped Atlanta twice, and they they didn't take advantage of it. Like, even thinking, you know, I'm thinking back, to it now off the top of my head like what happened in the first quarter it's like that's the type of thing I need to re-watch it to to even remember I mean there, there were a, a few key plays the the Patriots didn't pick up a third and one like the, de- the defenses weren't that bad in this game despite the score
5: well the first five drives were four punts and a fumble I mean it was and, and you and the stat kept popping up that they with Brady in the Super Bowl they've never scored a touchdown in the first quarter I didn't think that would be the case in this game, especially not for the Falcons either.
3: It was a very surprising opening stage. So this game goes punt, punt, punt. Then the the Patriots make some progress. They move the ball down the field, but LeGarrette Blount then fumbles the ball, Chris Wessling. And what happens? The Falcons use a little bit of tempo, speed things up, change the pace on the Patriots who really weren't, clearly weren't ready for it. Five plays, 71 yards, uh, Capped by a five-yard touchdown run by Devonta Freeman. They'll hand it to Freeman inside. Devonta starts out. Wide left. He'll score standing
2: into the end zone. He took a big leap. And Atlanta has grabbed the lead in Super Bowl 51.
3: And West, this is and this is when that speed of Atlanta really started to show your show itself. And you start to think to yourself, oh, New England might be in trouble here.
6: I have my lead written. It was all based on the Falcons being head and shoulders. Above the Patriots in athleticism and speed, and Deion Jones was playing like a man possessed in the first quarter. He he made that strip happen on Legarrette Blunt, and and that was a huge
4: play in the game. The Patriots had a chance to take control. That was at least a ten point swing, if not more. In in the like Julio Jones, I was ready. You know, one thing I wanted to write was like it was kind of great to see, even though his numbers weren't insane, every catch that Julio Jones made was bananas. Like, it was the best receiver of his era making his best plays on the biggest stage. And it, and it was cool to see. And Matt Ryan watching him live, you know, one of the things that you appreciate, he's throwing the ball like seconds before these guys break on their routes the anticipation and the the continuity and the just the synchronicity between you know Ryan and Jones is just an amazing thing to see and it, and they was taking plays like that to to beat good coverage from the patriots that was
3: one of the the things that was fun being in the stadium watching this uh because you got a real good gauge both well, Tom Brady as well just his arm strength and some of the throws that you, you maybe you don't you don't um fully appreciate on television see the way they throw it across the field and how Tyler Palco is not making that throw, let alone, <laughs> uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick types. You have to be a special type of guy. So then the Patriots get the ball back three and out. They go three and out. The Falcons get the ball and they go down the field again. And this is when now Greg's getting nervous because Greg's <laughs> like, wait a second. They, they, they got the ball back five plays, 62 yards. And this time Matt Ryan was gunning for the end zone.
2: Ryan takes the snap. New England going to bring some pressure. Matt going to reset, throw for Hooper. He caught it. Touchdown Atlanta. And Matt Ryan absolutely shot a laser in there to the rookie.
3: Patrick, what are you thinking at this stage? Well, the, my
7: first thought at that time was that was a in hell of a throw. And to Nice, be- nice
4: self-beeping there, right, self-beap. Patrick? I like that. But He's a Greg, real pro. To Greg's
7: point, that was, I mean, it was anticipation. He had went to Hooper the play before, and you could tell they were trying to pick on Patrick Chung and Roe. Uh, and I just thought, well, this is where the, the Falcons were stopped early, kind of had jittery sense to them, and then they were just going to roll, roll on from there on out.
4: Well, you know what that I night. was thinking? One of the big winners of the night at that point, the Hidden figure segment from the Thursday preview Ow! show. I mean, you got Austin Hooper, Hidden Figure. Doing what we talked about. You got Mark's hidden figure, Brian Poole, coming up a little later. Oh, he did very And suddenly, low. one of the most maligned segments in this you know, <laughs> country's history comes back in a big Dance spot. Dan's hidden figure, Malcolm Mitchell. Two oh. catches, baby. <laughs> you, had a, no, you had a great game, Malcolm Mitchell, baby. Six
3: catches, 70 yards, and seven some targets.
4: Nice. That's a hidden figure, too. All right, is, is everyone
5: rightly satisfied with themselves at this point? <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah. So again, we see <laughs> the Patriots look slow and, and, and the Falcons look explosive. And things somehow, somehow things are about to get worse because what happens now? The Patriots are trying to cut in to a 14 de- nothing deficit in the second quarter. Now, uh, midway, a little deeper than that into the second quarter. They get, they get, it was a little weird. Three consecutive, I believe, defensive holding calls. Um, help the, the Patriots slowly matriculate down the field into Atlanta territory. Uh, but still, things didn't seem right for this New England offense. Not at all. And then Tom Brady, facing pressure, which a lot of people were not expecting, uh, makes one of the worst throws of his uh, postseason career. Brady gets the snap from Andrews. Falcons trying to get the it Coming
2: back up the field is Robert Alford. Alford, 40, 30, 20. 15 10 five and he will walk into the end zone on an 81 yard pick six.
3: Marron now it's 21 nothing Mark th- is this one you started writing? Well, I, this is when
5: I essentially told David Ely, our editor, I said I'm going to head down to the locker room. <laughs> this baby is looking like it's cooked, and I, you know, you get it. You're you're getting close to halftime, and you, in in one sense, it's a victory because the Patriots mm. have held Atlanta's offense to 14 points. It stunned me to watch Tom Brady allow another seven points by with that throw. It was a bad Brady. The one thing about in that first half, I did not expect this at all. Atlanta crumbled the pocket, and got to Brady and hit him. And it wasn't just the sacks. They disrupted him. He did not have that normal time to throw and that that time to kind of scan the field the way he normally does. He was under a lot of pressure. I don't think a
6: lot of people saw that coming. There was no sync. There was no rhythm. Uh, it, it's it, took, it was too hard for everything the Patriots had to do, and it seemed like everything the Falcons were doing was too easy. And the Falcons' defense was using the Jets, Broncos, uh, Giants formula against Brady in the playoffs. Well, they, they in his face and frustrated. Well, they
4: showed no respect to Edelman and Hogan and Amendola and Mitchell. They said, these guys are not going to beat our guys one-on-one. They're just gonna get up in their faith. They played man to man, and they were right. I mean, at least early in the game. And I mean, Dwight Freeney was putting a clown suit on Nate Solder. Dwight Freeney had an amazing game. Marcus Cannon Which was, was surprising. It's very surprising. Marcus Cannon was getting beaten. In general, they were winning, you know, the Falcons were winning all their battles up front early in the game. I mean, it, it made sense that that Brady was was getting bothered and starting to throw passes too early.
7: Well, Grady Jarrett was talking about getting a possible MVP <laughs> in the of this game. Because he had three sacks and he was dominant inside where uh, people have won against the Patriots all year. And
4: yet, and yet as all this is happening, there was something developing, which we did talk about at halftime, which is that the Patriots put up a 12 play drive and an eleven play drive to end that half. And they went into halftime. We haven't quite got there, but they went into halftime more than doubling up the Falcons. Uh, play total. They ended up doubling up the Falcons' play total for the game, ninety-three to forty-six. That's an outrageously high number, and, and I think those drives at the end of the first half, you know, started to kind of set the groundwork of the Falcons' yeah, defense and, getting tired. Yeah,
3: when they the Falcons were getting, ga- we'll get to that later. The Falcons were absolutely gassed by the end of this game, and that this that played a role. It absolutely did,
5: hundred percent did. That said, part of what scared me was the fact that two of the Falcons' touchdown drives in that first half. Were less than two minutes long. I mean, they have the ability to score so quickly that yes, you can keep hmm. them off the field. I I really wondered if this was going to be a forty
3: burger at some point and with New England on the wrong side of it. And one last note before we move to the second half, and the pe- Patriots did go down the field and kick a field goal, and we went into the half uh, at twenty-one-three. At as Gaga took the stage, very nice job by Gaga. Great by job. Not everyone in this room. Uh,
4: not everyone in this room agrees, though. I don't think, but. Why is some that? People, some I want to hear Mark's uh, appreciation because I haven't really heard this yet. You, you, you're a big Gaga guy after tonight.
5: Well, I no, I mentioned in the last show <laughs> that I, I, I do quite like Lady Gaga, and I thought that she knocked it out of the park for what she offers. She, she gave you the full experience of what she does.
3: I thought she was good, and I thought she made a nice, not too on the nose statement, opening with uh, "God Bless America." Well, a little bit on the nose, actually, when you think about it, but not two-pointed where people are going to go, uh, you know, going nuts and also did uh, This Land is Your Land by Woody Guthrie. In a cl- and clutch
4: catch. I mean, and that's a very pe- nice catch. People are going to remember that.
6: Very nice
3: catch. Uh, but it was around this point, the
6: pick six, Wes. <laughs> Wes is... well, Yeah, someone's going to have to explain to me why Lady Gaga was great, but we can, we can do that. I don't day, th- so. We don't
3: have enough time in the world to try to get <laughs> you on, on, uh, on our page with that. Maybe Tuesday, but... Uh, uh, this was around the time where my, time li- my timeline was a fascinating beast uh, during the Super Bowl, uh, where it was flooded with people congratulating me about being right about uh, uh, gradual decline, hashtag slight regression, uh, <laughs> which two quarters made you right. <laughs> Well, people were having fun oh, with yeah. it. A they lot were, of Patriots. It was but, a
4: lot of me and Dan tweet to both of us, too. Like, what's the P scale? Yeah. Uh, here's the P scale. You got blocked, P scale people. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and, well, so,
3: really? You're a, blocking people for P scale? Maybe Maybe
4: muting. Maybe I, muting. I have a, maybe I have maybe a block depends, of depends on the way they framed it. If it was just kind of a generic, what's the P scale? i I'm yeah, Maybe surprised you get a mute. If it was kind of like, if it had a little bit of bite to it, like, eh, one, one quick you. halftime note that uh, that had been a
5: really rough half for the Patriots. One of the w- roughest that I've seen w- watching with Greg since maybe that Kansas City wipeout from a few years ago. And Greg in a delightful mood. Like, honestly, he <laughs> could not have been. Had it been me and my team in that situation, I wouldn't have even been in the
3: press oh, box. I've been throwing we know bottles at people. Is. He's a little detached. That's not He's true. Spoiled He's, by success. And you had already, in your mind, uh, decided that. Hey, this is not the worst Super Bowl to lose if we do. You already said this on Thursday show, so you were preparing yourself. None I was
6: roiling true. inside. I was, you know As the person sitting next to him, I can tell Ooh, you conflicting report Greg from Chris was Wrestling. extremely nervous. He yeah. was jittery, and when Greg gets nervous, Greg gets chatty.
3: Oh okay. well, Greg's
6: always chatty. <laughs> That's a fair especially
3: point. Especially chatty.
4: You know, what did you what you slacked? Wait, where me. was your P
3: scale, by the way? At this
4: point, twenty one three. I mean it, it was it All was right, getting to the point I was, I was practically gi- giving up. But, no, wait, wait, wait. Let uh, but you me asked the, you, you, me at no, halftime. Half I need There's to scale explain
3: here. the P scale to you, Greg, in case you don't know. Listen, you just won the fifth Super Bowl. You can't okay. let me explain the P scale? <laughs> Give me something, Greg. <laughs> One, your pants are dry. You're wearing your nice suit that your wife got you. And she said you look handsome <laughs> in it. And she wants you to have that suit for a long time. Five. <laughs> got it in Tokyo. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. It's getting a little soggy down there. Ten.
4: <laughs> Excuse me, wife. I need a new suit.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, wife. Area,
4: so you were area pretty- man not confident in pronouncing my wife Emika's name. <laughs> uh All right, so all right, what were you going to say, Greg? Uh, yeah, I was probably about an eight. I mean, I was, I was like Mark, I had about... I had about seven hundred, well over nine, for the record. Yeah, I, I you <laughs> know, this is <laughs> half said. Uh, I, you know, I will say you could go te- check your Slack channel. You, uh, you asked me at halftime, Dan, think they have a comeback in them? I'm not, you know, and I, I said I would never count them out. What did I say? You said the same thing. Was I, I loading? Like, was I being no? No, you an said asshole? you're not counting them out either. No, I wasn't, and
3: uh, so anyway, I was getting a lot of that, <laughs> a lot of hashtag uh, comments. And by the end of the game, you can guess what happened. It all came back the other way for like an hour and a half. So my, uh-huh. my timeline was an absolute disaster of uh, hashtags. Uh, so everybody had fun, I guess. You know, you come, I was just a little annoyed by it.
4: You, I could, you come at the king, you know, you best not miss. If you come at Tom Brady, you got to be right. Okay. Greg, mean,
3: is, Greg has been saving that for yourself. five months. Wow, yourself the black is the hat king. is on 24 yeah. minutes into the uh, show. Yeah. Here we go. That was totally unnecessary, uh, you know. Anyway, uncalled for Greg, here we are 21 three in the third quarter. um, And you think, oh, even more bad news. The the Falcons get the ball in the third quarter. They're, you know, uh, Billy Boy's favorite little trick of getting the ball last in the first half and then getting the ball again. He doesn't get to do that in the third quarter. What happens? The Patriots get a stop
4: and they're a little bit pumped up, Greg, aren't they? Little Dante Hightower love sure. I, I thought that would be a big moment, and yet it didn't matter at all. Patriots, you know, blew it right the next possession.
3: Right, and then the the Falcons take the ball over, uh, take take it over, and with eight thirty one to play, they march eight plays, eighty five yards over four minutes, and at the eight thirty one mark, now almost midway through the third quarter, Matt Matt Ryan throws his second and final touchdown pass of the game. Jones lined up here to the left.
2: Bunch look right. Ryan going to throw. Here's Coleman at the five. He'll beat Nikovich to the end zone. Touchdown Atlanta. There's too many weapons, Wes. They got too many guys to pay attention to.
5: To be clear, this is when I started to write feverishly on this article <laughs> that no human will <laughs> right, read. This was the moment. I, I will post 831 this. 831 in the third quarter, 28-3. I'll post this on a, on a website that I've yet to launch, But uh, this article. But this is when I thought... Everything that we thought about Atlanta's offense that we had been talking about for months was materializing. It was tangible. It was real. And the foul, and the Patriots were the latest defense that couldn't hang with it.
6: Taylor Gabriel had just got done embarrassing Malcolm oh, yeah. Butler on, on almost back-to-back plays.
3: Broke his Taylor You should have held on to him, Mark. Went to the Browns? Well, I mean,
5: I, I don't know how many different networks and broadcasts <laughs> mm. need to educate us to the fact that he was once on the Browns. We get it. Thank you. Another classic mistake by
4: the Browns organization. Accept and, and for all the podcast fan, fans, the eight-part Browns and Jets off-season preview starts Thursday. Thursday. Make Makes sure you're doing that. Uh, first, big week. The first episode is a big breakdown
3: on John Morton, the new offensive coordinator <laughs> of the Jets. Oh, so much to dig into. And more of an analysis. Is he Johnny Morton? Is he older Johnny Morton that no. dropped the NY? Or, excuse me, IE, I believe it was. Is that right, Patrick? IE, correct. Uh, or is it a different person? That is the first episode. We'll do an hour on that. And what
5: does the Falcons collapse mean for Browns coach Hugh Jackson? <laughs>
3: so make sure you stay tuned. It's the offseason. You know the pods, they get fun uh, when the offseason comes. But so 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 here we are. So eight twenty-eight three and That's outrageous. There's never been more a, than a ten point comeback. People start spacing a little bit now. Like we were talking about before the start. Now everyone is is starting to process. Okay, the Falcons whip the Patriots. All right, how? What from a a, our job standpoint, we're trying to figure out how we're going to cover it. And Twitter, the game, it's everyone's kind of moved on from whether or not this is who's going to win this game, and it's more into uh, having fun with the Patriots' demise and also talking about where the Falcons are historically. Uh, That's where we were at twenty eight three. I think
6: the mood in the building and the mood on Twitter was. Everybody was ready to be an expert and say, I told you all that the Patriots just aren't athletic enough or fast enough to Mm, hang with this Falcons team. There's a a, a tweet that Albert Breer had. He spoke to an AFC executive, and you know how scouts talk. He's like, the team in red is head and shoulders better in talent than the team in white. Absolutely, and in the building,
5: which early on, it was a Patriots crowd all week long in Houston. It's been heavy Patriots, but you could feel... The Atlanta mob in there. Atlanta crowd was to, pretty good today. They were, they they nice were great. They absolutely they were good. And they were, they were about to, they were beginning to celebrate something that they had never felt as Atlanta Falcons
4: fans. And then it started to turn. Well, I want, I want to point out, you know, on the next Patriots possession, you know, you know Brady mentioned there's 30 plays you could point out. And, and the first one you have to start with, in, in the lowest moment on ESPN's little, you know, What's the percentage that you, the you win this game? I know you're sick of it. The lowest that the Patriots ever got was 0.3 percent. That was the moment I—I I could be wrong here because it's off my memory. After Julian Edelman threw a pass on third and three on their own side of the field, and I know—I know it seems obvious that you go for it on fourth and three, down 28-3 in the Super Bowl. I don't know if every team goes for it. I just don't. I, I think coaches are just so wired into their normal way of thinking. They think, well, the game's over if if we don't get it. And, and I don't think Belichick even thought twice about it. He goes for it on fourth and three. They hit Amendola on a great throw for 17 yards. And that's one of those plays. If you don't get those three yards, there's no way they come back and win that game. Is your point that Bill Belichick is a talented coach? He's a good guy. I like him. Hey, one
3: aside here. Mark. I mean, bad job with the Browns and Taylor Gabriel, but also bad job of you once again, Mister F. Super Bowl Fifty One <laughs> podcast. The old Zeuser forgets it off the top. I need you to jump into the top of the show and remind me. Well, I it. was
5: saving it for a special moment, to be honest. Oh, is that true? I mean, let's do it right now. Now that it, now that we've gotten into it, let's let's uh, promote Mister F. We love Mister F. He's a great sponsor. He's been a wonderful sponsor, and this wasn't the most organic time to drop this in, but. Uh, we love you, Mr. F. Anything West, else you'd like to add?
3: Wes, why would Mark lie to our audience like this?
6: Mark never I don't know if Mark's ever lied. He's yeah. fibbed like ninety percent of the time. Yeah. But I don't know about a, a bold faced lie. I, there is like, a I, difference. I,
3: this felt more like a lie though, right? No, this was not a lie.
6: It I was, was, an was absolutely fact.
3: preparing it in my
5: mind, and you know, it it has now <laughs> been unleashed on the listener.
3: All right. So Thank you, Mr. F, uh, for all you do. And if you if you are interested in the economics of the world, you head up to The Hague, the Netherlands, and there you go. Mr. Flames' economics class will, will, will treat you right.
2: Mr. F. All
3: right, now, <laughs> back to the game. Listen, what time is it? It's, it's damn 2.12 in the morning. You can't do everything right. The Patriots' comeback starts now, uh, and it starts... Uh, At, of course, as we said, 28-3. The Patriots take the ball late in the third quarter. March, 13 plays. And, Greg, this is what you were getting at now. Now it starts to really uh, build here. 13 plays, 75 yards in 6 minutes, 25 seconds. And it's amazing how many more plays the Patriots ran, if somebody could look that up, compared to the Falcons. It's like a a historic uh, split. Uh, Anyway. 93-46?
4: That is the number. Greg, is that the first time it's been stated on the show? This is like, what was it? What was the thing we kept repeating the other week? No, I can't Greg, even remember. do not
5: ask me to remember
3: things from the other week right now. It's 2.14 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> anyway, so they, they march all the way down the field, and they finally, finally get uh, uh, in the end zone for the first time all game. And uh, the man that gets in is James White. But then Gostowski misses the extra point. And that's a little familiar. Hit, doinking it off up the upright, Greg Rosenthal. So you settle for 28 uh,
4: 9 with where we're you at this point, 2.06 to play in the third quarter. The, the whole fourth quarter, as the Patriots were making their comeback, the, the biggest pit in my stomach was that the Patriots' season could end for the second straight season. Because Guskowski missed the extra point and they and they were chasing it the whole time, and and now I think every every Patriots fan was probably thinking that once it got to the point where they had to get two two point conversions because because uh, Belichick pushes for this rule. I love the rule, but then it comes back to bite him because his kicker has been missing <laughs> extra points.
3: <laughs> All right, which takes us to the next Atlanta possession, three and out. The pa- Falcons go backwards, actually, negative fifteen yards. Patriots take over, and here we go again. Here we go again. We talk about the Falcons getting uh, starting the defense, starting to tire. Twelve plays, seventy-two yards. This time they keep them out of the end zone, though. Um, and after there was an onside kick attempt, I believe. After the first touchdown, am I am I correct? Do I have the timing right there?
4: Yes, that's when they went backwards fifteen yards, so they didn't even get right. So they, they didn't. They pick. A, they start the ball at the forty-one. And the greatest offense in the NFL, and this really starts what was a miserable fourth quarter for them. Four possessions. None of them went more than six plays. Two, three, and outs. And this one, they they went backwards. It was, yeah. And what felt, to me, it felt like a desperate move by Belichick, but not necessarily the wrong
3: move, the one that. Uh, facing the Falcons knowing that you need to start piling up some points and when it backfires that's another moment it's like oh this is cute that the they tried this but this game still feels over at this point when the onside kick is recovered by the Falcons
4: well that's the thing cuz the Patriots took 11 and a half minutes to get those 10 points on offense so it didn't it kind of felt like they were playing into the Falcons hands it didn't feel like they were You know, making this fast comeback at this point that even when it was 28 to 9, it's not like it felt like it was much of a game.
3: So it's 28-12. 28-12. And they need to, yeah, the time's ticking away now, but then they need a break and they get it. They make their own break because uh, Matt Ryan drops back to pass or he's actually in a shotgun. This is another play that surprised me on third and one. Uh, a perfect situation where a couple of first downs burns off a good amount of uh, clock time and puts you in a good situation, but they drop back to pass on third and one and disaster strikes for the Falcons.
8: Ryan waits on the staff. In the staggered stance. He'll take it. Backs up. A blitzer coming. And power gets to the quarterback. Ball is loose. You can't re- <laughs> Sacking Ryan and recovering at the 25. Comes away with a football force out a fumble by Ryan off the sack by Hightower.
3: By the way, this is our first of many calls from Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak of WBZ. Zolak's going to go flying in a little bit. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't even know
5: what's coming. But <laughs> no if, shirt. If that LeGarrette blunt fumble in the first half felt like the you know, turning point of doom for the Patriots, this was the absolute lost opportunity for the Falcons. You could have... Played it safe here. You could have gotten a field goal instead. That you get this 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 strip sack happens, and you can feel the game turning. The stadium itself started to change. The Patriots fans getting back into this, and you started to wonder this thing is changing
6: entirely. That was the believe moment for Patriots yes. fans.
4: They were they allowed themselves to give themselves over to the Patriots at that point in the game. Dante Dante Hightower is going to go down with Patriots fans as making you know, two of the biggest plays in Super Bowl history that will probably be overshadowed in Super Bowl history. He's the guy that winds up tackling Marshawn Lynch at the goal line to set up Malcolm Butler. And mm. he's the guy who who forces this fumble from Matt Ryan. And, and it might be the last... You know, big play he makes as a New England Patriot. He's going to be a free agent, like a lot of these guys. And uh, you know, you have a name theory, your a lot kid. Of these
3: guys are leaving now.
4: Nine, nine key free agents for this team, and and some of them are going to get paid huge. Yeah, that's that's what happens. Well, there's a, signed... lot
6: of, there's a lot of Belichick Czech disciples running other front offices now too.
5: Right, and they'll sign eight players out of Rutgers and go right back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so no, no problems here.
3: And what happens now? You really start to see the strain. Uh, that's being put on the Atlanta defense as they start to break. Because after that fumble, uh, they need just five plays to go 25 yards, the Patriots do, and just 2.28 o'clock time. And now with 5.56 five uh, remaining in the fourth quarter, Tom Brady drops back to pass, looking to pull the Pats closer. Tom takes the step,
8: backs up, looks left, throws it for Ramos, Pats will go for two, 5.56 to go here in the fourth. Brady realigns at him and in short motion. Direct snap to James yeah. White. Runs up the middle. He's in for two. Brady faking as if a high snap, but the ball directly fed to White, and he pushes his way forward. It's a one-score game.
3: How long have we seen that play being
4: used in the Patriots playbook? That goes back to Kevin Falk and... They used that in the Super Bowl. I believe was it a two point conversion in the Super Bowl back in the day? I can't even remember off the top of my head. Either way, they they've they've been using. It was kind of cool for them to go back to that at that moment. Think
3: about it again, again when you think about what needed to happen for the Patriots to get this game to overtime. And by the way, Mark, yes sir, congratulations, Chomp Chomp, one of the all time. Go get my lunch prop uh, victories. You predicted. You might have predicted this last year, but that doesn't matter. You predicted that the first overtime Super Bowl game would occur on February fifth, two thousand seventeen, and you nailed it, my friend. Well, Congratulations. let me, let me Kudos tell you, you one thing that is
5: disgraceful is that I, I that has got to be for me the most oniony. Well, no, I also said the game would have no winner, but uh, in terms of a realistic bet, calling overtime that all I had were you two measly people in here. I'm only getting two sandwiches out of it. Well, I, whose I fault is that? Well, I normally could have gotten probably Sydney on board with that if we were back in the studio. I mean, what a joke.
3: A real victim of timing you are. Yes, I am. But you don't like sandwiches, so at the end of the day, who cares? Well, right? Two is more than enough. Well,
4: it's too bad because Mark and I are leaving the hotel somewhere around 5.45, 6 in the morning, about three, three three and a half hours from now. Oh, yeah. And when we get to the airport breakfast sandwich ahoy mark a breakfast whatever you sandwich, like baby
5: a breakfast sandwich is about the last thing i want to put in my body right now but thank you
6: it's not called go get my breakfast that's right
5: that's not it's hard to have a high octane Breakfast he was the sandwich. one who not said possible. earlier he wanted not some sandwich at the end. Can I the say end? one thing about the Falcons' defense at this point? Because I was watching this yes. game through binoculars and you... you Humble brag. Well, Alright, I know that sounded ridiculous, but I you <laughs> I was... At, at some point, they were so aggressive. Way listen to
4: my binoculars <laughs> wisdom, everyone. <laughs> listen,
5: I'll just say this, that at this point he sees watching the them in between plays, they were all kind of in their position but not looking at each other really or communicating much. Hmm. They, I think they were frozen and they had been then you start to realize we're playing the Patriots and they've been here a thousand times before
4: and we have not. Vic Beasley said he thought, I, I don't know what this means, he he said he thought that you know Brady kind of figured out their game plan and just started getting rid of the ball quickly. I don't know if it, what that means because that's not necessarily true. There were some deep drops in that in that comeback, but whatever it was, they stopped get, getting pressure on him.
3: So here we were. Now we're late in the fourth quarter. Atlanta now holding on, but still in good position. I mean, all the uh, those silly probability win charts are probably soaring still in the favor of the Falcons with an eight-point lead because not only do you have the ball with under three minutes to go, uh, you even if you give up, a touch, give up a touchdown, you could still get out of this with a win if you get the stop on the two-point conversion. And this is when I thought to myself, all right, Matt Ryan, you just got named league MVP. Take your team on the field, matriculate, get a couple first downs, and we all go home. You don't even... You don't even have to go, we don't have to go crazy here. Just get down the field and win this game. Don't let your defense have to get on the field in a situation where Tom Brady can tie the game. You can't let it happen. It starts off very well, actually, because uh, on the first play, the Patriots and West, this was, and they had an excellent fourth quarter in defense, but this was a bad coverage bust because Freeman gets all by himself in the flat. Uh, and takes it 39 yards to midfield in the first play of the game. And once again, you start to feel feel like, all right, this is the Falcons game. So even at this point, after that play, you're feeling like this
6: is probably Atlanta's day. Still commanding. Uh, Devonta Freeman, like you said, wide open. It was among the most wide open plays you'll see in the Super Bowl. Goes 39 yards, and they're they're
4: already back in scoring range in one play. And, and this, this was the point. Logan Ryan uh, said it in the press conference after the game. He he said they were essentially playing the Madden coverage, like when you're on punt block. That they're going all out. That that Logan Ryan's taking one guy, Malcolm Butler's taking another. They're doubling. You know they they're putting those guys on an island. They changed their coverage up. They went to Matt Patricia, asked for them to change, and they're trying to get aggressive. So it's kind of a boom or, or bust strategy that they're playing at the end of the game. Uh, and obviously they stepped up with it.
3: All right. So then they have a um, a short run for two yards, and then again. And this is another situation. You add it to the list when it looks like the Falcons have made the play to win the Super Bowl and the Patriots will get close but no closer. Matt Ryan drops back and drops a beautiful pass just over the outstretched arms of a defender into the hands of Julio Julio, Julio Jones. Guys, it's 2.25 in the morning. <laughs> uh, who toe taps on the sideline and 27-yard gain, which means it is now first and 10 at the New England 22 with 440 to play and an eight point lead. This game is all but over.
6: About that Julio Jones catch, just pause a moment to appreciate that. That's his Lynn Swan play. Mm. That in the future, when they put him in Canton, they're running that play over and over again. It's on all the top 10 lists for catches. And at this point, I, I think. Julio Jones has been an injury-prone guy, but I think these playoffs, playing through what he did and Mm. the performances he had, he's in the Hall of Fame now, barring some catastrophic injury.
3: Well, how about this? I'll just counter. Julio Jones, four for 87 in this game, targeted four times. And you could give the Patriots a lot of credit uh, for finding ways to make Matt Ryan look off, but four targets in the Super Bowl?
6: I mean, he's they're double and then even triple teaming him at times. Well, and think about yeah, how they, hard I can. They only threw the ball twenty three times. He said nobody him. could cover him. Yeah, I can't think. Of, I can't times. think of the fourth. That's true. The
4: Fourth catch, but three of those catches were outrageous. Where he wasn't open at all. Two of them on the sidelines. One where he rips the ball away uh, from the defender early in the game. I mean, he deserved better and. A, You know when Logan Ryan said after the game, you know all all the writers were deleting their their articles and everything. That was the lead of a lot of their articles. Was that play? Right. That that was that was the play. It was like the it was the Julio Jones and Matt Ryan make make their their hay play. Translation: That was the
6: lead of Greg's recap article. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you?
4: How dare you? All right, and now,
3: and you know, Bill Zeus is going to keep. I stopped writing
6: then. Me a break. That's how you know it's true.
3: That's how you know. No, you I you got it to a, Greg. It was Greg halfway had to come in. back again. <laughs> Greg, that one hurt you. That pierced you a little bit.
4: Hey, nothing's hurting me right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, this is when the gag commences uh, in full now. This is where they go the Falcons go full choke mode and uh shout out Look, listen Greg. I'm not saying this to be a jerk. It's just we got to keep it real here. This will go down in history. Because, like I said, first and 10 at the 22 field goal, game over. And you have Devontae Freeman, who is chewing up the Patriots early in the game, in my mind, uh, and take this from somebody who used to have a Herm Edwards as a head coach, so maybe this is instilled in me a little bit, get a little safe. Run the ball three times, choose some clock, make the Patriots use timeouts. maybe you get a touchdown, maybe you get five yards, maybe you get no yards, but you're still lining up one of the best kickers in the league this season for a very makeable under 40 yard kick. But what happens? One run, negative one yard. right okay. so,
4: so gain, how about gain, how about Gate by that plan, gain three yards on that first run, then maybe then you get a second. Don't lose a yard Well, obviously I mean execution. Execution, but now don't go away from the plan. I guess is what I'm saying.
3: Uh, if you trust your your offensive line and your backfield, try it again. Instead, they drop Mac Ryan into shotgun, and he makes the biggest mistake of his career. He takes a sack, losing 12 yards. Uh, Mister Flowers, ooh, Flowers.
5: You want to make flowers today?
3: Takes him down, and all of a sudden, uh, we're a situation third and 23. At the New England 35, and now you're thinking, whoa, they really jacked this up uh, because they're going to put be in a position, potentially, where they have to decide whether they want Matt Ryan to attempt a 50-yard field goal, depending on how this next play turns out. It ended up getting even worse.
6: I have a hard time with the play crawl, call criticism here. I saw it everywhere, and it's completely hindsight. I don't think anybody was questioning them right after Devonta Freeman was wide open for 39 yards. Julio Jones makes a great catch. They're humming. They've been doing this all year. I don't think anybody in the moment was saying, oh, God, why why aren't they running it? It wasn't Mm -hmm. until Ryan got
3: sacked. I was. I'm just saying.
6: Even before Ryan got sacked, you were saying? I was.
3: I was surprised he was in shotgun after that.
4: They they weren't gaining. they, They didn't run the ball a ton down the stretch, but they weren't gaining yards when they did run it. That was a play where they had a little time before the play. Trey Flowers basically put his hand up, said, I want to be the guy who goes on a stunt. They were going to call a stunt. Alan Branch, it's kind of been the story of this, this team. They've had good interior defensive tackles. We talked about it on the show. On Thursday, Branch occupies two guys he gets through. To me, it was just a great play and a mistake by Matt Ryan, kind of running into it. Trey Flowers had five quarterback hits and two and a half sacks. I mean that's a that's a much better game than some guys who have won Super Bowl MVP like Malcolm Smith. Trey Flowers is the best play. This guy played one game as a fourth round pick as a rookie. He was the best defensive player on a Super Bowl champion. Set, that's, pretty that's crazy Since week 8. I mean yeah, he came on big time. That's a Michael Bennett game.
3: Um so now it goes in bad. Let me set the table again here. So now it's 350 uh to play in the fourth quarter. Uh the New England has just called the timeout. Uh, so they have two timeouts to play. And then disaster strikes again for the Falcons, who are not executing when it matters most. Matt Ryan drops back, connects with Mo Sanu uh, for a nine-yard gain that puts him back at the 26 and back into, say, field goal range. But no, Jake Matthews gets hit with the biggest holding call of his life, 10 yards uh enforced at the 35 and now it's a third and 33 at the new england 45 with 344 to play so let's say it again it went from first and 10 at the new england 22 in a situation Mm. where you play for a field goal and you win the super bowl to third and 33 at the 45 and then matt ryan who heading it late in the fourth quarter mark had a perfect passer rating Uh, uh, So that just gives you an idea how great he was, despite not having a lot of snaps. He sails one out of bounds uh, uh, trying to get it to Gabriel, and it's fourth and 33, a punt by Bosher, and the Patriots take over, deep in their own territory.
5: I think it's fair to go back to what Greg just said, a word he used, execution, because a number of Patriots players used that same exact word after the game, that they acknowledged that they weren't doing that in the first half, but they have so much experience doing that. And the Falcons started to crumble. You saw killer penalties, weird decision-making I'm with you on the play calling Chris they are who they are and they're they trust themselves but they did not get these plays made at the most critical times tonight and you saw the Patriots this is just their Patriots are at home in this situation
4: I'm not saying the Falcons are prone to this but they did give up a almost impossible lead that earlier in the season at home to San Diego so there was some there was some history there And then the Patriots, Logan Ryan talked about, look, we've come back. It reminded me a lot of coming back 24 to nothing against the Broncos. If nothing else you have to believe the cliches of all the defensive players that, that said we believe the whole time we could still win because they, they played that well way. I wrote a piece after that exact same thing that they all this stuff that the Patriots
5: say year after year and it's easily ripped on and people find it kind of ridiculous and mechanical and robotic except that they buy into it and here's the thing it actually produces results so there is something to be said for do your job and all this because it happens they really went into the locker room at halftime and believed that if they got they got got back on track. They could win this thing. Every player downstairs said that after this game.
3: I tweeted right before they got the ball back here. I thought you could feel the buzz in the stadium at this Mm -hmm. point that every Patriots fan knew Brady was going to get it done if they could just get the ball back to him (laughs) down one score. And what happens? Ten plays, 91 yards. And along the way, uh, Greg Rosenthal, one of the most famous plays in Patriots history.
8: Shotgun snaps to Brady. Stands in. Throws down the window for Edelman. Balls tip And Julian diving for it. As Olford cut in front of the receiver. Edelman has it. Did he make the catch? He, got he did.
2: You gotta be the 40.
3: <laughs> up the 40. How do we describe that, uh, Kevin Patra, that play?
7: Ridiculous. Stupid. <laughs> Shouldn't be happening by physics. I mean, I think what uh, Wes called it the ankle catch which I told him we need to come up with a better word for that because it can't be known as the ankle catch forever and ever. Because it sounds like he caught it with his ankles. But he caught it off somebody else's ankles.
4: Like, that's the screaming headline in any other game. Like, this game was so insane, it's going to take a little while for it to set in, I think, for for everyone that watches football. Like, that, that play alone would have been the biggest story in any Super Bowl. I don't even think we wrote a story on that play. You know what I mean? Like cuz it was one of a million different things that happened. Games. You right. said
6: at the time, you knew it. You said that's that's the Tyree curse thing. And I you don't have to be a Patriots fan to evoke those two names.
3: It's it, and it's the same thing that happened uh against um the Patriots with Malcolm Butler right before the big interception with Chris Matthews,
4: was it? Curse, Jermaine, Curse, Jermaine yeah. Curse.
3: Excuse me. A similarly circus free catch that got lost in the in the uh, lost into the ether because of how the game turned out. This, but and this their play. receivers
4: were awesome, by the way. I mean, Edel- that was a little bit of a fluke play, although a great effort play. Edelman, Hogan, uh, Mitchell, they came back to the ball and were making really tough catches for Brady in the second they half. They
3: executed insanely well.
4: After the
5: game, Matthew Slater went on a riff and he was very humble and thankful. I think he Belichick loves Matthew Slater, but he basically said that all week long they heard everyone talking about their <laughs> receiving core versus the Falcons that the Patriots receiving core just a bunch of Jags he said nobody believes he, in us well, <laughs> I, you know but in, they, they, they struggled in the first half he said basically Enough the Jags got it done I know you don't like to hear that Dan no it's
3: like uh, who who's they really were disrespecting the Patriots wide receivers they have a nice group maybe they
5: People do maybe they the do a good job of
6: putting that chip on their shoulder when it's not actually there I think Mark's right that they took a lot from that but I think it's completely manufactured I was sure. in Falcons camp all week and they you could tell they legitimately respect the, the yeah, Patriots receivers.
4: It. How about Danny Amendola only shows up for Super Bowls lately? This guy is like... Uh, well,
5: that's a nice uh, he's scenario like to Scott, have. Of he's team. like the Scott
4: Brocious <laughs> of the Patriots. He's, it's incredible. If you can get to the 19th game of the season or whatever, <laughs> he will
3: thrive for you. Uh, Jim Lairitz. Jim oh, yeah. Lairitz. I like you. you know, the Yankees and Patriots, you know they share a lot of DNA, Greg, whether you like it or not. They used to. They used to. Why but, not anymore? Let's get into
5: some Yankees talk while we're at it. <laughs> The Yankees aren't the Cubs, Dan.
3: Oh, I see. I got it. Um, Okay, so here we go now. This is when it's over, by the way as as someone that was divorced from the proceedings in what a way. What are you talking about? The game's over at this point. Once that catch is made, the magic is in the air <laughs> yeah. and you know the Patriots are going to win the game. It's just a matter of time of it playing out. So what
4: happens? I wish I knew that at the time. Well,
3: you cuz you were emotionally like it was, yeah. you were on the roller coaster. Uh, but first and 10 at the 41 20 yards to Amendola, 2 minute warning, and now it gets crazy because Atlanta used up their timeouts. So it gets to the point where where you think, oh, the Patriots would be trying to fight the clock uh, to get into the end zone to tie the game. But now it's a situation where they, they're smarter to, to kind of take their time so Atlanta doesn't have any time left if, if the Patriots manage to score, tie the game. And that's exactly what happens. After the two-minute warning, they get it to the Atlanta 8, they get it to the Atlanta 1, and then James White. We've heard this name before and we're going to hear it again, uh, punches it in. Brady will move under center, White behind him. Edelman to the right, Bennett to the right. Brady
8: surveys the defense. Tom takes the snap. He backs up, hands it to White. Up the middle.
3: Touchdown, <laughs> Patriots. Hands off.
8: they are drawn within two It's Super Bowl 51. It's amazing how this team is never dead.
4: <laughs> the alive. dead may never die. Oh, but- James White, I'm so su- I I want to apologize for anything bad I ever said about James White on this podcast. <laughs> I did not believe I, it is really outrageous that James White led the the game in yards from scrimmage in one of the best Super Bowls of all time. 14 catches, 110 yards, and that they chose for him to be the guy in this game. I, that scored, surprised me.
6: He scored three TDs and a two point conversion with the game on the line. And like you said, he set, won the su-
4: he had the game winning <laughs> touchdown. Set a record for
6: receptions. But were we
5: not at halftime it's wondering, James White. where is Dion Lewis, one of the most explosive players in the entire AFC barely used in this game?
7: Well, Pats fans blame James White for them losing to the Broncos last year for a couple drops that if they had a Lewis, they would've thought they would have won that game. And then here you are a year later. Well, if you, if, if you
4: want to be a Patriots homer here, he is a good example of their coaching staff, you know, coaching players up because he w- really was not a good NFL player his I don't rookie think that's being two. a
6: homer Greg He w- the tape showed that he wasn't a very good player that's
4: what I'm saying and then he gets to his third 30- year. he had a really good year this year he was a different a different player and then it all comes together in, in this spot and again none of this this beautiful
3: little comeback story matters if Atlanta could just find a way to get a stop on the two point conversion and yet another failure and, and this one was another one that was in the stars uh, because once you saw the Patriots wide up. It was an empty backfield. And you, you saw I think it was Edelman and Amendola on the left side. They're going to do that little thing pick, where pick. The, the guy in the slot like juts out Seems towards like the pylon. like that never works. And it always works. <laughs> and what happens? They run the play. 57 seconds
8: to go. A two for the tie. Drips to the left. Brady under center. Tom takes the step. Quick throw to Amendola. Screen left. A flag is he... Reaches across the goal He's line in. for a score. There is a penalty marker on the play. They're
3: offsides. That's in.
8: Time for it by officials. <laughs> it's a <laughs> tight game in Super Bowl 51. High fives for everybody. Just give me some. What are you looking at, Beatle? I can't believe it.
4: Is that him yelling at? He
5: is high-fiving fellow broadcasting uh, technicians in the booth.
3: Completely nude at this point. <laughs> there are no clothes on Scott Zolak at this point. Uh,
4: yeah, that play has never not worked in the history of the Patriots. They should just run that play 70 times a week. And yet, you know, you asked about P-scale earlier. I That play was about my peak P-scale because I just...
3: Well, it's 28-26 in the Super Bowl I, on the line.
4: Right. I, I just had a... I was worried that during the whole comeback that it would be this great thing all leading to them failing on a two-point conversion. It would just be this wet fart to lose the the game.
3: AFC title game last year. Uh, a similar score, I believe, too, where they almost came back but couldn't get the two-point conversion. And, you know, they got pressure on Brady in that play in Denver to win the uh, AFC title, and that was something they were so gassed at this point in Atlanta that Brady was back to being what he had been for a lot of the season, all day in the pocket, completely comfortable and just picking apart the secondary.
6: I think at that point, we looked at each other, or maybe it was even before then, and we said, "He he's in the zone. He's dialed yeah. in, oh, and that. he is a cold-blooded
4: assassin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, those were your exact words. I had a couple drives before that, you said, that when, on his touchdown drive.
3: And, that, and now the, the the Falcons just need to be put down at this point <laughs> because, uh, you know, they still have 54, 54 seconds to play. They don't have any timeouts, uh, but... Something you would think, an offense that we've been putting in the in the class of the all-time greats, they can do something with 54 seconds. Great offenses have done uh, more with uh, less time than that, to be quite honest with you. They've done it with that. Right? All
4: season long, they've scored on, on drives. Matt out. Ryan got his nickname from ex- doing this about three times his rookie year, getting the ball with about a minute left and setting up. A field goal. And he did it against the Packers, right, earlier this year. I think he did it a few times. You're right. Did it against the Seahawks in the playoffs a couple of years ago.
3: But they don't get help on special teams because Eric Weems, uh, he might have been at the pub, I think, uh, oh. uh, watching Gaga because he, he, he catches the ball near the goal line. And again, maybe it was kind of close where he couldn't tell if he could kneel on it. He kind of stumbles toward the sideline, goes out of bounds at the 11. So now they have terrible field position and they lost five seconds of clock time. And then Ryan, again, cannot move the mm. offense. He gets a 12-yard gain to Sanu, then a four-yard gain to Austin Hopper that kills them because the clock ticks on him. And they spike the ball and then a incomplete deep pass again to Hooper with flowers and coverage. Uh, it was ruled uh, incomplete, even though it was nearly an interception. And then uh, a punt, mm. which sends us to Overtime, Mark. Which then—that's when you were flying high because you just made some sandwiches. Well, you talked about your mentions. I haven't even
5: gotten to mine, and I appreciate that's You know, it's ninety-nine point nine percent podcast listeners and a zero point zero point one percent very confused other people. But uh, <laughs> they, I, you know, it, this the very unlikely thing happened, and in, in my Twitter feed just exploded.
3: So. We were so overdue. We went fifty straight Super Bowls. Uh, without a single overtime game. This is the season where I believe there were three straight Sunday night overtime games.
4: It, it, it was
3: going to happen, and it happened and made marks some sandwiches.
4: You want to kill the, the Falcons' coaches in hindsight? Kill them for not having any timeouts there. That is a killer. I mean, I, I'd have to go back. I need to go back. This is where the blur of the moment and, and look at why all those timeouts happened. But the Patriots had all three, which is one reason why uh, they... I don't think milk the clock at the very end cuz they could have maybe even gotten the ball back even if they didn't get the two-point conversion and the Falcons had none of it and at that point I think the fa- I at that point I think the game like you said almost was over cuz if it got to overtime I think the Patriots defense if they lose the coin toss they're flying at that point, yeah, they, point Logan yeah. Ryan Logan Ryan said that they weren't I said you know what were you feeling? Then he said, "We we were looking for our Malcolm Bo- Malcolm Butler moment. We wanted to pick him off and win the game on our own. That's how, that's what we're thinking. So
3: now you need a little luck if you're the Falcons. Maybe maybe you win the coin toss and somehow you can write things. Because what ha- if you get if you get a uh, lose the coin toss, you know the defense is cooked. They've they've. You don't even. You can't even really get on them because they've been on the field for so much. What happens? The Pats win the toss. Of course, they take the ball. I shouldn't say of course because last year they won the toss in overtime against the Jets and elected to kick off. But well, that's and, a story for a different. Day. That would because have been a amazing. Coin toss, to think. No, of course, with a coin toss, it's
5: very much a thing of chance. They uh, went one
4: for two tonight.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so they take the ball. And, Sorry, to-
3: and what happens? Yeah, let's go home, guys. (laughs) Eight plays, seventy five yards, and it was never even in doubt. I'm I'm looking at this. They never even got to third down. I mean, think about that. They go right down the field. They go six yards, fourteen yards, eighteen yards. They get a three yard loss on a screen, fifteen yards, ten yards, a PI call. Was that a good call? I didn't I was kind of checking out emotionally at that point. It was fine. Okay. (laughs) It was fine, Mark. Yeah, it was Mark's I mean there
5: check, was Mark's the, checking certain, out. Mark's no, no it certainly was not a Mark's controversial writing post call. Right now. No, it wasn't. Yeah. When they when
4: I saw that call cuz that's almost like ends the Super Bowl type of call. I was really hoping it was it, it was a good call. It was a fine call. It wasn't a, it could have been a no call, but it was a good call. And now it was just a matter of time. First and goal at the 2. And it gets a little uh, dicey cuz Brady drops back to pass,
3: targets Martellus Martellus Bennett. Vic Beasley gets his hand on the ball, uh un, unable to uh, make an interception but stops it. They give it To James White on second and goal from the two. And oh my God, the Patriots cap an amazing comeback.
8: Second and goal to go from the two. Toss sweep right for James White. Cuts it under the right arm. Cuts it upfield. Driving forward. quarterback look at Brady in Super Bowl and NFL annals. <laughs> one more ring James no. White and a silver trophy is coming back to New England
3: Zolak at that point jumped out of the press box onto the field He just swan dived <laughs> onto the field uh uh Sydney, I'm gonna you know it, it pains me but let's put that into the discussion for the top 10 calls of the year I I don't. I'm not trying to be mean, and I swear to God, I'm not trying to rub it in. But it was a historic play in Super Bowl history. Do you want to hear the Falcons call?
4: Yeah, from West. Durham? I want to hear uh, Joe Buck too, but I guess I'll wait till I get home. You tomorrow. can hold off on Joe. Buck. <laughs>
3: All right. <laughs> Joe's gotten better. He's he's had a nice bounce back. But do we need to hear Joe? I mean, not right now. All right. We don't have him yet. Anyway, West Durham and Dave Archer of WZGC. 11:08 08 to go in the first
2: overtime they'll toss it to white left or right side white will cut back and he will get in touchdown new england the patriots storm the field and james white has won the super bowl for new england
3: mm, that hurts um let's maybe a final takeaway from everyone. And mine will be this because it it dovetails off the sadness uh, there that you heard in in West Durham's voice. We didn't even hear Dave Archer. Maybe he just passed out by that point. Uh, But this, there is a new sheriff in town. It's a sad sheriff to be. But the most tortured sports city in America, now with the Cubs winning a title, with LeBron bringing the Cavs a title, it is Atlanta. And I don't, I don't think it's close. 179 years. We talked about this uh, on Thursday show. 179 seasons, I should say. Uh, just one title, uh, that being the Braves in '95. And now you have this, where you came so close to winning a Super Bowl, where you're up 28-3 against an all-time historic team in the in this Patriots with Brady and Belichick. And you have the biggest collapse in NFL history. So that is now the cherry on top of what has always been kind of under the radar. They are, to me, the new tortured mm. sports city. And I feel terribly for the Falcons fans because they were outnumbered heavily uh, in Houston this week. Uh, but like we said, um, they were loud. we had a doomed trip that we took to uh, Papa Charlie's Barbecue um, in downtown Houston. Uh, where we we walked about 15 minutes, a group of a bunch of us, and only to see that they were sold out of meat. I didn't know that happened, but it's Super Bowl week. And we stumbled upon this little section uh, of Houston that labeled itself Falcons Fan Headquarters, and they were having such a fun time on Saturday night. Uh, They were excited, they were happy, boisterous, and they were outnumbered in that stadium, but that stadium was loud. And that's who I thought of. Uh, when when this game got away and and how those, crushed those fans must have been because this is, to me, the worst loss in NFL history.
5: Yeah, and I will never forget what you and Kevin and I saw down outside of the Falcons locker room where owner Arthur Blank was with family and just hugging what I believe was his grandson. And the child was crying. But Arthur Blank, just raw emotion, because I I just think how close they came. And you you rode the wave with the fans in the stands. My takeaway, though, is that two years ago, uh, when the Patriots won... And, Greg, I was standing next to you, and you, you earnestly called it maybe just anything here on out is house money. And it was thought maybe, you know, the Patriots may never get to do this again. <laughs> My question now is not, hey, is this the last one? But why not two or three more of no. these? I'm not kidding, because you Wait, are Wait, did you
3: looking... hear Thursday show? This was the last one. This it. Was is it is not. It I'm was. telling
5: you, there's no reason to put these— Bookends, on the Patriots at this point, you've got the best quarterback in football who just at his age shattered record book records. He shattered passing yardage and played as well as he ever has. So I don't see any reason. I don't care what's happening with free agency. I don't care about any of that. There's no reason to think they can't be right back here again next year. There's no team to put above them right
3: now.
6: Well None. he's just entered his, his prime, so there could be ten more <laughs> Super Bowls left.
3: That's the only thing I got. And I was getting a lot of a lot of tweets like, Oh, Dan, oh, make sure Dan's gonna be dying. I I like Brady. I really do like Tom Brady. I like, I feel like it's been like an honor being able to be at like these type of games. This one, the Seattle game. Sure. Um, I wasn't dying when the, that game ended. It was cool. I was happy because, like, my father, my brother in law were at the game. They got to see another classic game. That was that was pretty cool. I mean, the only thing I got. Is that time keeps ticking. But what I learned and what I wasn't the only one that learned is that Brady now is operating on his own time clock entirely. So I don't know how much it, it, it goes on from here. But yeah, I mean, Mark, you're right in the sense that there's no reason to think that uh, Peyton Manning fall off the cliff is going to happen. They can keep on reloading as long as they have that coach and that quarterback. Mm.
6: I, my takeaway let's stay with Brady. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is more talented. Brett Favre was more fun to watch. But, Tom Brady, like, the, these last two Super Bowls of his in the last three years are, to me, like the last three years of the Jordan era with the Bulls mm. where he came back, and it's almost like a sep- a separate career, and it, it's Michael Jordan with the game on the line two times in the last three Super Bowls. 99.5% of the building had an utmost most, utmost confidence that Tom Brady was just going to come through and carry the Patriots to victory, and, and I think... This has cemented him as one of my
4: favorite football players mm. to watch. Well, this this era Brady was better. I really think so. And the fact that he's a multiple mm-hmm. champion now in this area, Era kinda cements it. I mean, the Gronk era Brady to me is is what's the greatest of all time. It's not the it's not the two thousand one to two thousand six six era. What about the two thousand seven? Well, that was pretty good. Is, he, is that guy better than this guy? Well, I guess it's you're talking
3: about uh, they're both I don't equally think so. incredible. I don't think so. This guy's I don't think better. So.
6: That guy was thrown to one of the greatest yeah. wide receivers in NFL history who made every quarterback better.
3: Yeah, the, the fact that Gronk wasn't even playing in this game or even close to this playoff run, you have to add that to Brady's resume. Uh, Patrick, your your final thought.
7: Well, I'll, I'll go with the Falcons. And uh, just if it wasn't for Brady, we'd be talking right now about how great – that young defense played today. We talk about Deion Jones, Grady Jarrett, uh, Keanu Neal, and I think they have the base to come back. I was in that mm. locker room, and it was a sad moment, but it was a kind of a resolved moment. They answered all the questions without being dick. Nobody asked me how big my penis was.
4: <laughs> well, that's good. You're right. Up, right off the bat, you're well. Inclined. Pat so. is the rare guy who, who was like hoping they did. Yeah. He, well, because then I could ready. Just show off. Yeah. yeah you know, start taking stripping off his clothes. Yeah. He's just ready. He's yeah. ready to. An but an, with an I think answer.
7: I think with a few more pieces to this defense, I think that Falcons defense—it's already athletic, it's already fast. I mean, you get a couple pass rushers in I, there, it doesn't—it's not it doesn't have I, to go away. To,
3: I see where you're going with that, Patrick. And there's no reason to think that that these guys will all be so scarred emotionally that they'll never uh, re- get close to the summit again. But I'll also say it's not unheard of in in sports, ju- not just football, that these type of losses can linger with a franchise. And I wouldn't be stunned if it had. Some type of effect long term on them. It was that bad a loss to
6: me. I would worry much more about losing Kyle Shanahan's mind than losing this game. I think Bat Ryan has to prove he can play at an MVP level without Kyle Shanahan, who to my in my mind is the best schemer and play caller in the NFL.
3: Hmm. All right, boys. By the way, in the locker room after the game, I got some footage which you could check out on NFL.com. Somebody stole Tom Brady's jersey. Mm. Uh and Trump <laughs> maybe they stole his jersey I don't know who it is if you are a listener of uh, uh, the around the NFL jersey send the jersey uh, you don't have to label it where you're coming from but send it to me and I will make mm. sure it gets back to Tom personally well hold on that's crazy wait
5: a minute back the truck up yeah you have exclusive footage of Tom Brady's jersey being stolen. Now you've put up a ruse where some listener unlabeled is going to send you <laughs> said jersey. I wonder who might have that jersey right now. Is he in this Whoa, room? Oh,
4: that's interesting.
3: That would be that wonder would be that an all-time. Was. Wow. All-time heel turn. No, I don't have footage of the jersey being stolen. I have footage interesting. of Interesting.
4: That's why he's in such a good mood. Who's in a good mood? You. You're putting it that big I on know I'm in a good mood because I love no. good football. Yeah. I love
3: the Super Bowl. I love that we got to cover another one. Our our, our fourth together. Six for Mark and I. You know what put uh, you in an even Patrick's better mood? first time. Yes, Mark? Greg? Me making my last point. <laughs> you did, I thought. No. no, I think Greg was
5: adding on to Wes's. Button. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that, but, was know, a so, that was a conversation. I thought you made your point. I mean, okay, it's go
7: ahead, Greg's
5: Greg. night. Sorry. So
4: This is your night, buddy. This will be quick. Cue up the I'll try to the the be bees. quick. It's a few things, but the, I'll still make them quick. <laughs> Here we
7: go. <laughs> quick few things.
4: We could excuse well, ourselves, one, actually. Well, one, let's not forget that the last. Debrief. the game-winning touchdown should not be overlooked. The guy got tackled at the two-yard line and he ran through it. Like, that is an all-time Super Bowl play that's almost almost getting overlooked. Great moment, too, James White. Too quick. It, the, the Patriots, for as much as everyone kind of hates, you know, a lot of people around the country hates the page. The, the quality of these bonkers games that they provide in the Super Bowl has been awesome for the sport. And them providing someone for, for everyone to hate but I don't know what it is, because it's not like they do this in the regular season. These The Super Bowls they're in are, are insane. Like, yeah, six yeah. of the seven Super Bowls they have been in have been absolutely insane endings, where by the end of the game, someone wrote the column, this is the best Super Bowl of all time. That has happened six times the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. This
3: qualifies as a blowout for the Patriots. A six-point <laughs> right. uh, margin of victory is the largest ever. Everything else had been four or less.
4: And then finally, I, I just... They, they this kinda, is your stage. Greg. Last Go one, ahead. They came in as underdogs, like the the way Brady and Belichick kind of came on the scene, especially Brady. It was a it was as big an underdog story as possible. And there's no way the Patriots can kind of be underdogs anymore because they're the Patriots. But coming back from 28 to three, that is about as you no one believed in us as you can ever get. That's that's as much of an underdog, if nothing else, improbable sort of story that you can ever get a little bit a little bit like how they started that this guy tom brady i think when we think of him is he's going to be for doing the the improbable this was the last look you had of him in this at this stage you know so it was a special moment i wouldn't complain i mean it's it's been enough <laughs> all right
3: all right boys i think it's almost three o'clock here uh in in texas and we all have to get back to california Patrick, you got to get back to your gym in chicago thank you uh, for your help this weekend, and also uh, your help in the studio today. Yeah, really good to see you, buddy. Thanks, um, you too, Dan. But that's it, guys. Great season, another one in the books. Where are you going next, Wes?
6: Whaler. Tomorrow afternoon. I may be joining you. I'm
3: running out of options here. I may be right there with you. (laughs) All right. We got to get out of here. It's time to go back to L.A., but uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Anybody that stayed up late to listen, anybody that listens tomorrow or next week or the week after that, we love you. Uh, We'll be back on Thursday with our next all-new show. So uh, thank you. And uh, until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman. Kevin Patrick coming at you. The boss. And new money behind the glass. Till Thursday.